When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to The Growing Up Rock Podcast with Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. Sonny, we're going back to school with this episode, so I bought my pencil. How about you give me something to write on, man? How did I know you were going to go with that? You can't come up with nothing better than that. You know, it's the Van Halen in me, brother. <laughs> I thought about this the other day. As soon as I say this, somebody's going to steal this and make money off of it, damn it. But I can't go out and make like Van Halen shirts and sell them because of copyright infringement, but I could go out and make a shirt that says things like that and sell them i bet people would buy them too oh yeah yeah especially if uh you know all the david lee roth the things he was saying during the videos Mm -hmm. right you know just like that one or any of the videos he did solo my doctor says i need to take a laxative like you could put that on a shirt yeah (laughs) like who knows but only certain people would get it is the problem yeah but that's essentially what uh our friend does with the kiss stuff right yeah so this episode, we figured timing-wise, uh, this is coming out towards the end of August. And, well, everybody knows the end of August, if you got kids, it's all about going back to school with this one. So we figured anything that has to do with school, teachers, physical education, <laughs> I don't know, Pledge of the Legions, you know, pencils, pens, paper, anything that has anything to do with school is in play for this episode, right? Yeah, and you said late August. You know, my kids were in year-round school, so they went back late July every year. Wow. Yeah, so it's not what it used to be because if you remember, it was either the week before Labor Day or the week of Labor Day you would start on that Tuesday. That's usually what it was back in the day, but that ain't it no more. 
Yeah. When I went to school, I was able to. In 1953. Yeah. <laughs> 1936 <laughs> for you, smart ass. Uh, yeah. No, uh, I was able to slip in my birthday uh, before going back to school. So usually back to school for me came a couple of weeks after my birthday. So it was always the week, I think, before. Uh, Labor Day. So it wasn't so bad because you went back to school for like a week and then you had the three day weekend. So it kind of eased you back into it. Yeah, I'm glad those days are over. (laughs) The kids, the minute they're out of school, man, if I don't hear anything else about school, I'll be happy, happy. Yeah, I was glad it was over pretty much when I quit school. <laughs> well, I didn't quit school. I quit going to college at some point because I liked making money more than I liked going to school. But anyway, before we get too deep into this, let's go back to school with this. It's time for the Crank It Up Music Spotlight. So I'll just go on record and be uh, Nostradamus on this one and say, on tonight's Crank It Up Spotlight, Sonny is absolutely going to freaking hate this, but we'll get into it. So it comes to us along with the theme from a band called Girl School. And if you've been around in rock and roll long enough, you definitely should remember this band. They were part of the new wave of British heavy metal, which is why I know that Sonny's going to hate this. But it's somewhat of a mix of hard rock and punk. They were one of the very first all-girl rock bands, like serious rock bands, I can remember when I first started getting into hard rock and metal back in the early 80s. And they were there. I tried them. Some of it was okay, but I didn't love it. And then they sort of disappeared. And of course, metal went in a different direction. But they're back with a new album. The latest album is called WT45. So WTF45 basically is how it looks on the title, which I think is kind of cool looking. But anyway, the band is Kim McGuff, uh, who's the original person in the band on guitar and vocals, Denise Dufort on drums, Jackie Chambers on guitar and backing vocals, and Tracy Lamb on bass. I think Kim is the only original member in that band. I'm almost positive of it. But check out this song off their latest record called It Is What It Is. So the bass starts, gritty guitar riff. The vocal was actually even good. I liked most of the song. The one piece of the song that I hated, which happens to most new wave of British heavy metal bands, is goddamn, they don't know how to write a chorus. Because it is what it is, so what you're going to do about it is a great idea if you do it well with some melody. But what they did was boring to me. But then I think it sort of loses that punk edge. I don't know. I mean, I do understand what you're saying, and you you liked it way more than I thought you would like it to begin with. I will say this. The record sound, like sonically, sounds really good. I don't know how that song came across in this episode, but the song straight off the CD punches you like really heavy punch. It sounds really good. Whoever produced this record did a great job. Whoever mixed it did a great job. I like the record overall. If you like that song at all, go check out the record. The overall record is really pretty good. It's a mixture of punk and hard rock and metal. And 
again, they're not here to write hooks and great melodies. I don't necessarily think that's their thing. Uh, but if you were a girl school fan back in the early 80s, then you probably will dig this record. I'm surprised that they're still being able to put out music at this point in time, but good for them. Uh, and they were one of the first. I mean, they definitely, you don't hear their name a lot, but when there were not a whole lot of female-driven bands, they were around not long after the Runaways and before most other stuff that's out there, before the Vixens and the any of the other female-driven bands. So, yeah. All right. Cool. Honestly, if you're a girls' school fan back in the 80s, you're either homeless or in jail. So you're probably not going to get this. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, so we got this back-to-school theme, and you know we love looking at the charts. And for all the shit that I give Stephen, Stephen graduated in 84. Yes, we're all surprised he graduated, but he did graduate high school in 1984. I graduated in 1986. So what I decided to do was, all right, let's go back to the charts. Look at the Billboard Hot 100, number one song, and Billboard 200, number one album. Every year we started the next year in high school. So for instance, 1980 was the year that Steven started his freshman year. So he graduated in 84, right? The issue is you got to pick a date and there was never going to be a good date of, well, when did you start school? Well, who the hell knows when, you know, the Florida, whatever, Mississippi, whatever school you were going to yeah. started. I don't have a clue. So I just picked Labor Day for all these charts, right? So I figured it was somewhere around Labor Day. So Labor Day, 1980, Steven's entering his freshman year. The number one song in the U.S. on the Hot 100 is Sailing by Christopher Cross. <laughs> Dude, Yacht Rock at its best. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. The number one album in the U.S. on the Billboard 200 was Emotional Rescue by the Rolling Stones. I went to Spotify to go see what songs were on that. I do not remember a single song. How are they number one? Were we that hard up? Is Emotional Rescue the album? Yeah. Oh. And there was a title track. The title track is what I remember. What else is on that record? Do you remember or no? Yeah. So Dance Part One. I don't even know what that means. Summer Romance. Send It to Me. Let Me Go. Indian Girl. Where the Boys Go. Down in the Hole. The title track. She's So Cold and All About You. 
I think I remember She's So Cold, and I definitely remember Emotional Rescue. I mean, by far. But number one album? It's the Stones. You know, they could fart and it would be number one, especially at that time. So here's a fun thing. In 1980, because it was my freshman year, I can tell you just off the top of my head, two songs that I remember being hugely impactful at that time for me that were all over the radio is Centerfold by Jay Giles Band and Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. Now, I don't know if they came out at that time. I'm just telling you those are two songs that resonate with me during my freshman year. That's right. I was just going to see a buddy of mine a while back in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I had a rent a car. By the way, if you ever get a rent a car and you want to cheat on the mileage, don't use whiteout. They figured that out. All right. <laughs> I was on my way. I was in his town. You can believe this. He's got a school in his town called Hank Williams Junior High School. All right. Yeah, and I love Bo Cephas, but I, I couldn't figure out, though, if it was Hank Williams Junior High School or Hank Williams Junior High School. <laughs> Turns out it didn't matter. Nobody graduated from either one of them, so. Okay, so 1981, so you're entering your sophomore year, Labor Day. Number one song in the U.S.? Endless Love by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. It's a great song. It's just sailing in endless love <laughs> on Growing Up Rock. What have we become? <laughs> um, the number one album in the U.S., Belladonna by Stevie Nicks. I mean, that's the one that's got Stop Dragging My Heart Around, Edge of 17. That one doesn't surprise me. Yeah. 1982. So you're entering your junior year, and now I'm entering my freshman year, right? Because we've got a couple overlapping years here. Labor Day, number one song in the U.S., Abracadabra, Steve Miller Band. Okay, that's at least a little more rock. Number one album in the U.S. After Stevie Nicks had a number one album in 81, she goes back to Fleetwood Mac, and they have a number one album, Mirage. So that's the one that has Gypsy. I don't know Fleetwood Mac that much. but So yeah, that was our uh, your freshman, sophomore, and junior year, and my freshman year. Not a ton of rock up there, but you know it's also earlier in the decade, so... And I can tell you my junior year, I was full-blown hard rock metal at that point. Yeah, and you know you get a bonus because by the time you graduate, Quiet Riot's about to hit number one. Mm -hmm. And shit's about to blow up. Like what you're hearing? Share this episode out. Post it to your favorite social network and let people know you're listening to the Growing Up Rock podcast. It will help us grow and we greatly appreciate it. All right, so we each pick five songs. You go first. Share your five songs. There's a million different ways you could have gone with this, and there were a lot of different songs that you could have picked for this particular themed episode. But the five songs that sort of popped up with me, like almost instantaneous, the first one is from The Runaways. Everybody knows about Cherry Bomb, but probably their second most played song is School Days. I love the riff in School Days. I like that tune almost as much as Cherry Bomb. And uh, they use that song pretty well in that uh, Detroit Rock City movie, regardless of whether people like that movie or not. They did use School Days from the Runaways pretty good in that movie. My second song, which I knew was going to end up on Poonie's hit list, so I got it as quick as I could, and I think I was victorious in that, but that was uh, Hall & Oates' Adult Education. That came to mind almost instantaneous when I came up with this theme. Did you don't know about 
My third one is off the uh, Rock or Bust ACDC record, which a lot of people don't talk about a ton. And it's actually, I believe that to be a pretty good record. And that is the song Play Ball. Typical ACDC. If you're an ACDC fan, you should dig the groove in Play Ball. Uh, I dig that one myself. Then we move on to another one that I figured was probably going to be on Sonny's hit list because he's a huge extreme fan, as am I. And this one is off their debut record, which is the song Teacher's Pet goes right along with that theme. And last but not least, I was hesitant about putting two ACDC-type bands on the same list, but I'm a huge Airborne fan. I don't feel like we talk about them enough, and to me, they put out great records for the most part. And this one comes off their second record, off the No Guts, No Glory record, and that is Raise the Flag, which is part of that school theme. So those are my five tunes in no particular order. And uh, to me, that's five great rock and roll songs, including the hollow notes, which is probably the one that doesn't look like the others, but still a great tune. Okay. So school days, it's got a good riff. The vocal always comes off punk in runaways because I get it. It is kind of part punk, but the music's always like riffy rock, right? So the song's okay. Not a Joan Jett fan. <laughs> well, Joan Jett goes and does her own thing and her vocal is meh. <laughs> Lita goes and does her own thing, and her vocal is meh. Lita was 10 times better looking than Joan Jett, so I was more of a Lita fan. 
<laughs> and she she still looks good in Joan, you know, whatever. But uh, just not a huge Runaways fan. It just it's not my thing. But the song's okay. I hear you. Adult Education. You're right. I would have picked it. I've always loved that song, dude. Daryl Hall in 1983. He is fucking untouchable. His voice is at the peak of what he's going to be. He was the king of the 80s when it came to that Philly soulful voice that can basically do a run on any word he wants. He could run the phone book and just do it Mariah Carey style, and it just sounds so great. What about Oats? <laughs> Dude, Oats. <laughs> Dude, what about Oats? What about Oats, Oats. man? <laughs> I, no I love, love you, John, but uh, – Dude, Daryl's just a better singer. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, he knows it, too. Play ball. Nobody talks about Rock or Bust because it was 2014. <laughs> I can't believe that uh, I actually like this song. ACDC, for me, just got kind of got old after a while because they weren't doing anything different. But every time I hear one of their songs, I'm like, yeah, it's ACDC. It's good. Brian sounds great for 2014. Shit, yeah. What is in his 60s probably, right? Sounds mm-hmm. awesome. I just don't remember the song at all because I probably never heard it because I'm like, hey, it's just going to be the normal stuff. Like, whatever. Like, even when I was going through those Stone songs, I told you I didn't know. I go fast forward a minute. Fast forward a minute. Fast forward. They all sounded just like the Stones, just like all the Stone songs do. I get that people say that about ACDC all the time, but I personally like that because there's no surprises. It's an ACDC record. Either you like it or you don't like it. Now, there are some ACDC records that are better than others, some of the songwriting better than others. I personally think the last record was really good. I actually think Rocker Bust was good. This album, I think, got lost in the shuffle because there was so much going on at the time. This is the time where Brian Johnson was having the hearing issues and they had to cancel part of the tour and bring in Axl Rose and all that stuff. And it's also the time where Malcolm Young went down and uh, they bought in his his, uh, nephew to play guitar, uh, which was right before he passed away, of course. This album, I think, just got lost in that whole shuffle of things and didn't get the promotion that it deserved. But it's really quite a a decent album, in my opinion, you know. A teacher's pet extreme. So (laughs) we've told this to listeners before. We have a sheet and what happens is an idea comes up, a sheet is made, and then we start throwing songs in it. A lot of the times I'm the one who throws songs in first. It's very rare that Steven actually does first. Well, I go into the sheet to type in Teacher's Pet, and I'm like, fuck, what the hell? He already picked two of my songs. All the songs on the planet, and he picked two of my songs. Um, this is raw, extreme. Nuno is absolutely killing it. Dude, schoolboy fantasy? Come on, dude. That, Gary, Nuno, the band, the chorus, just one of my favorite extreme songs. It's so good. And I get it. Some of that first album is a little cheesy, but man, when you get past the cheese factor, Nothing Nuno's doing is cheesy, so it, you can get away from it if you can kind of just listen for Gary's melodies. They're good melodies. Don't worry about what the you know words are, but play with me. Dude, it's an awesome song, too. It's a little cheesy, but it's an awesome song. I Raise the Flag was exactly ACDC. You know, I was like, damn, the vocal's even ACDC. Uh, the riff was great. Great song. Nothing to hate on. I've listened to probably only a little bit of Airborne, probably the ones that you've picked, basically. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever said they suck. They just sound like ACDC to me. Yeah, I think my thing with Airborne and why I like them so much is their first record, Stand Up for Rock and Roll, was one of the records that I cited for really sort of shoving me back into music when I felt like I had left music for a long period of time. Man, I wore that record out. For me, Airborne is kind of ACDC, but on steroids. And I say that because for me, the music, yes, it sounds like ACDC, but to me, it feels much more higher energy. There's not a lot of that mid-tempo slow groove. It's kind of up-tempo, kick-you-in-the-face type stuff. And that's why I really like Airborne a lot. My brain won't wrap itself around shit that complicated, man. My brain does this. That's it. That's all it does. I have attention deficit disorder. I have learning disabilities. I don't have a high school diploma. I'm smart, but you can't prove it on paper. (laughs) I do have a GED, and if you don't know what GED stands for... You probably got one, too. (laughs) Okay, so we had decided that we would add in a pop quiz. So Stephen has no idea what this pop quiz is going to be. 
And, you know, since we're talking about school, I have a 10-question pop quiz, and they are from... And by we decided, Sonny decided. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and the 10 questions are from, are you smarter than a fifth grader? <laughs> That's where the 10 questions are from. Now, I will tell you before we even start, all 10 questions, I'm just checking to make sure, all 10 questions are either the first grade question or the second grade question. We don't even get past the second grade. <laughs> Okay. I can't I can't win in this because if I do well, then everybody's gonna be like, Well, you got the IQ of a second grader for you. And if I don't do well, then they'll be like, eh, figures. <laughs> so I can't win for losing. Shoot. So ten questions. Here's the first one. How many squares are on a standard checkerboard? Twenty-three. I have no clue. Dude, on a check it's eighty-four. You never played checkers before? Yeah, I played checkers, but I can't look at the board and know how many checkers there are. Well, how am I supposed to know? Squares. How many squares there are? How many? 84. 84, okay. All right. <laughs> Let's take an easier one here. Is Mars or Venus closer to the Earth? I think Mars is closer than Venus. And you would be incorrect. <laughs> Venus is closer. <laughs> if you'd have asked me, is Mars or Pluto closer, I would have known that one. Oh, good for you. <laughs> All right. Now, I'm going to tell you this is the first grader question. So, you got to listen up here. Are you ready? What is the number that comes next in this sequence? I am writing it, reading it right off this card. This is the first grader question. Okay. <laughs> what is the number that comes next in this sequence? Nine, eight, nine, seven, six. Seven, five, what's the next number? Seven. <laughs> the next number is four. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> I guess you got to be a mathematician for that one. Not. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you are over three. Buddy. I don't think these are first grade questions. <laughs> first grade questions. I will send you pictures. Okay, next question. In what story... Does a bunny say goodnight to all the objects in his great green room? I have no freaking clue. What story does a bunny say goodnight to all the objects in a great green room? Not a clue. I don't understand what that's from. Goodnight moon. See, you never had kids. First grader question. Yeah, I never even heard of that. <laughs> no clue what that is. <laughs> Let's see if you do any better here. If you're traveling down the Nile River, what direction are you heading? Uh, I'm going to say south. I don't know. No, bumpkin. Actually, it's north. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> right. You're over five. Boom. I'm doing killer. Next. <laughs> if we were playing this board game right now, the kids would be all over you. All right. Next question. If a doctor told a child she has cooties, what's her medical condition? Nothing because they're not real. No, that means she has body lice. Okay. Good Lord. It's a first grader question. Cooties are made up. They're not even real. Oh, my God. All right. Four questions left. Which coin doesn't have a building on his flip side? The Roosevelt dime, Jefferson nickel, or the Lincoln penny? It's the dime. Oh, my God. You got one correct. Hallelujah. Yeah, the dime has like uh, wheat things around the side of the emblem or something like that. <laughs> wow. All right. Next question. Did Marco Polo reach China before Christopher Columbus reached the New World? Yes or no? Yes. That is a yes. He beat him by 220 years. All right. You got two right. Next question. Can you see Massachusetts from the top of the Empire State Building? Yes. That is correct. You got three right. Good for you. And the last question, how many prongs does a tuning fork have? I'm hoping this isn't a trick question, but two. Two is correct. All right. Wow, you closed out and you scored a 40% on your pop quiz. You, sir, suck. Boom. In your face, little kid. <laughs> Plus, I guarantee I can take that little kid. That first grader's going down. I'm not even sure about that, to be honest. <laughs> we interrupt this program to bring you a special report. 
Look at all the people here tonight. Oh, man. I got to make an announcement right here. Can you hear me out there? It's time to take a quick break in the action from this week's episode. Sonny and I just wanted to thank all of you, the listeners, for joining us each and every week. Whether you just found us today or have been listening for multiple episodes, we love your passion for music and rock and roll in general. We consider you all part of our loud minority family. Always remember you can communicate with us a few different ways. If you don't mind Facebook, head over to the Growing Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group and be part of the conversation. It's a private group and all you have to do is ask to join, answer a few rock and roll questions, and you're in. If you despise Facebook, which many people do, then send us an email to growinguprock at gmail.com. We get everything there. You can follow us on Twitter and Insta at Growing Up Rock, which is one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K. In the event you feel entertained by our podcast, we would appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and go leave us a five-star review either at Apple Podcast or Podchaser. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. All right, so my five songs, let's go with song number one. I went with Sexy and 17 by Stray Cats. Why? Because, dude, the first line is, hey, man, I don't feel like going to school no more. <laughs> and the Stray Cats are just fun. I don't know if you remember, this was the lead single off of 83's Rant and Rave. Went to number five. It was their last top ten hit. This is after Rock This Town. This is after Stray Cats Strut. So when the song topped out at number five, here's the four songs that could not beat it does not surprise me that it could not beat these four songs. Number four, True by Spandau Ballet. Number three, King of Pain by The Police. Number two, Making Love Out of Nothing at All by Air Supply. I mean, these are AM radio super hits. And then number one, Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler, who was red hot at the time. They weren't getting anywhere with Sexy and 17. There's no way that's going to be a number one hit. I think we probably moved on to FM radio by then. Yeah, probably. <laughs> hey, man. I don't feel like going to school no more. Me neither. You can't make me go. Go away, daddy It's not much, much too early for me. I don't care about reading, writing, arithmetic, or history. I'm gonna walk to the corner and meet my little Marie. I'm gonna walk to the corner and meet my little Marie. Well, she's the only girl in this whole world who understands me. Well, she's My second song, I went with Teacher, Wasp, 13th studio album, Dominator. So deep song here, right? Because we're talking about an album coming out in 2007, probably sold 11 copies. But Wasp at the time is Blackie on vocals and guitar, Doug Blair on guitar, Mike Duda on bass, Mike Dupke on drums. Uh, the guitar riff in this song, man, it is piercing through the mix. Very sinister sounding to me. The overall production's not bad on this album. Blackie sounds great. Lyrically, the whole album is about, you know, American government, everything that's wrong with it. That's Blackie's go-to. It's Ted Nugent's go-to. But the chorus is so super catchy. So when I play a snippet of this song for you, here's what the lyrics are, because the lyrics are great. I will be your teacher, baby. I will be your flame. Slide inside to reach you, maybe. I won't know no shame. I will be your teacher, preacher, on your knees and you pray. Father of your addiction, tell me, am I the one that you'll blame? I'm guessing this is before Blackie got saved. <laughs> 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 
But uh, yeah, really good song. Check it out. I will be a teacher, baby. I will be your friend. Slide aside to reach you, baby. My third song, What a Wonderful World by Sam Cooke. So from 1960, it was the first single off the Wonderful World of Sam Cooke album. Song got to number 12 on the Billboard 100. Dude, Sam's talking about history, biology, science, French, geography, trigonometry, algebra, slide ruler, right? Um, You know one and one is two. You know I love you. I mean, dude, Sam Cooke's voice is just so great to me. I love Sam Cooke. He was taken way too early in his life. This song has been done by a bunch of people covering it, but nothing tops the original for me. Like, I could listen to Sam Cooke all day. So here's a little bit of the song if you haven't heard it in a while. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Don't know much about a science book. Don't know much about the French I took. But I do know that I love My next song has a story to it because when I put it on the list, you were probably like, what the hell? Big City Nights by Scorpions. Love it first thing. So Desert Island album for me. What does Big City Nights have to do with school? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're out of format, Booney. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you why it matters to me. I had a Walkman with auto reverse in 1985. I bought Love at First Sting probably beginning of that year on a cassette. And Mrs. Isom's English class. Dude, I absolutely hated English. So every day I would listen to my Love at First Ding tape in my auto reverse cassette. I had a skin tone, one earpiece that would go from my player through my shirt up to my right ear. And then I sat against the wall. So I would just put my hand over my ear. So you can't see shit. Now, the reason Big City Nice was important is if you remember, it's the first song on the second side. So I would have to cough after the same thrill ended. Give you the <coughs> so you don't hear the auto verse clicking. <laughs> okay. I used to have to do the same thing when Still Loving You finished before Bad Boys Running Wild started. Dude, I did this every day for basically six months. This tape, these songs are ingrained in my head. To this day, I hate most poetry. I hate reading. I hate essays. I hate long emails. People that work for me, I'm like, dude, if you can't say it in one paragraph, better set up a meeting because you were not sending me a three-page email. I will not read it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why Pooney had to go to the school doctor for the hooping cough many a times. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I'm talking about because you'd be a, right? Like it, it made a big noise. We should uh, sample that sound, find that sound somewhere. That's a sound bite that we should have in our library, I think. Yeah, for sure.
my last song I picked was Teacher Teacher, 38 Special, 1984. So this is actually on the Teacher soundtrack, the movie that had Nick Dolte, Ralph Macchio. Song got to number 25 on the Hot 100. This song was actually written by Jim Valance and Brian Adams. And there is a Brian Adams version out there that's really good, too. Um, it's just one of those pop gems that people remember if they saw the movie. Uh, Don Barnes sound great vocally here. And, you know, they could have used this for a TV sitcom if they wanted to. Just a catchy, catchy song. That song is catchy. And uh, that movie, Ralph Macchio and Nick Nolte, if I recall correctly. I just said it. You weren't listening? I didn't hear you say that part. Oh, my God, dude. It was 10 <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> My wife accuses me of that, oh too. I tune out booty just like my wife sometimes. Wow. <laughs> There's some actually decent tunes on that soundtrack. Uh, one that comes to mind is uh, Interstate Love Affair by Night Rangers on that soundtrack. I like that soundtrack a little bit. All right, well, so going back to Sexy and 17 is Stray Cats. I hated the Stray Cats when they were popular. It wasn't for me. I was in a metal at that time, so I was over the videos of the Stray Cats and things like that. But over the years, I've come to like a lot of Stray Cats. Uh, I respect them now. Teacher from Wasp was actually on my list. Uh, it just didn't make my final list. And I think that that album is sort of an underrated Wasp album. I think there's some great stuff on there. And as our friend Steve Wright would say, it's not Doug Blair. It's Doug fucking Blair. <laughs> you know, because Wrighty likes us uh, to emphasize Doug Blair. Uh, Wonderful World. For some reason, I thought this was a different song. Uh, so I got it confused. But when you just read the lyrics, I remember this too now. I remember the song that this is. So. Uh, you were thinking about Louis Armstrong. Okay. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Big City Nights. Yeah, I saw that on there and I was like, okay, I don't understand this, but you explained that. It's a great record. And then Teacher Teacher already said, I, I enjoyed that song and I enjoyed that movie. I haven't seen that movie in ages, though. That's uh, Ralph Macchio and uh, Nick Nolte, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, whatever. <laughs> Okay, so getting back to the charts, 1983, so you are entering your senior year. For some reason, they're going to let you graduate. And I am entering my sophomore year. Number one song in the U.S. on the Billboard Hot 100, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This by The Arrhythmics. That doesn't surprise me. Um, number one album in the U.S., dude, 1983. Whew, it's hard to beat Thriller. But number one album in the U.S. at this time was Synchronicity. And it was hard to beat Synchronicity because that was number one for a while. I went and saw that tour. That's because you're old. I was too young. <laughs> it's because MTV pushed it. So 1984, 
Now Steven's back in his mom's basement, done with high school, and he's going to go do something else. I am entering my junior year, and on Labor Day, the number one song in the country is What's Love Got to Do With It by Tina Turner, right? And if you remember, 83, 84, I remember a lot of crossover, people would call it maybe R&B soul, people might call it a little bit of Motown. There was a lot crossing over on different charts because of MTV, right? So that was the number one song, and the number one album was Purple Rain by Prince. Come on, it's 1984, dude. 1985, when I'm entering my senior year, number one song in the U.S., everybody in the Bay Area was pumped for sure. Power of Love, Huey Lewis on the News, Bay Area Boys, baby. Huey Lewis was hot from like 83 to 87. Like they could do no wrong, it felt like. Number one album in the U.S., goddamn Dire Straits. And I want my, I want my MTV. Thank you very much, Sting. Whatever. I am so sick of that song. If I never hear that song again, I'm good. I that song. That that record had like three good songs on it, I think. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Hollywood, you know what time it is. Let's connect it to Kiss. You wanted the best, but you got the best. The hottest band in the world, Kiss! So for the Kiss Connection today, we're going to go with Ace Fraley. So although his last three or four albums have been super great, the first three true non-Kiss involved solo albums, so meaning Fraley's Comet, Second Sighting, Trouble Walking, had a lot of great songs on them. Here's one off of 1989's Trouble Walking. So on this track, you have Anton Fig on drums. You've got the late, great John Regan, rest in peace, on bass. You got the so-called emperor of rock and roll. Dude, how the hell did he get this? Now, I, don't, I think he named himself Richie Scarlet on guitar, emperor of rock and roll, whatever. And then you got Ace on vocals and guitar. And on backing vocals, if you listen close, you're going to maybe hear Peter Chris because he is on there. But the guy you're really going to hear is Sebastian Bach because they must have told him, dude, just do whatever runs you want to do in backing vocals. It doesn't matter. We'll just kind of blend it in. And then I think they decided not to blend it in and make it more prominent because 89, here comes Skid Row, right? So check this out. Back to school off a trouble walk-in. Oh, my God. Ace wants to teach you biology. Did Ace ever even go to school? I don't, I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm thinking that, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to take any lessons from Ace going back to school. That can't be good. <laughs> but can you imagine Peter? Now, I'm assuming they were in the studio together. We don't know if Peter and Sebastian were in the studio at the same time. But if they are, and they're doing backing vocals, and Peter's in the studio going, what the hell is that guy doing? That's not what you told us to do. I did what you told us to do. <laughs> um, it's a good song, though. I like that Trouble Walking record. I'm not that familiar with it. The only reason I'm familiar with it at all is because you pick songs over the years off of that record, and everything that you picked, I liked. I mean, I like that song. There's nothing not to like about it. So uh, I don't know. Maybe I need to go sort that out for my collection because I do not have it in my collection.
right. So that brings us to the end of our senior year. Dude, we can close this out and both of us can graduate and all the listeners can go on about their regular lives since they're uh, done with our back to school episode. What do you think about that? (laughs) I'm I am not looking forward to grandkids going back to school because I got a feeling I'm going to get dragged into a bunch of shit, you know, like soccer games and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you don't live close anymore. You'll have to worry about that. Oh, of, course, I got a feeling. of course, Nicole will make you travel. So, yep, yep, that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hope they call you Paul Paul Pooney. <laughs> I think I'm going to. I haven't even told Nicole this yet. I think I'm going to go with Pop Pop when it happens. I think I'm going to go with Pop Pop. She was saying go with Hollywood. I'm like, I am not having my grandkids call me Hollywood. I'll never live that down. <laughs> You're going to go with whatever they can pronounce. And if we're lucky, that's going to be Paul Paul Pooney. <laughs> <laughs> and not just part of it, the whole thing. Paul Paul Pooney. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to start a campaign once you have grandkids. That's going to be my goal. <laughs> Ah, shit. I cracked myself up. Anyway, (laughs) let's get on with our lives. Everybody's going back to school. There's your dose of rock and roll for back to school episode. So enjoy taking your kids to their soccer games. That's it. Until next week. See ya later. That's the show. So let's shuffle, rattle and roll us out of here until next week. Always remember peace, love and rock and roll. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.